Hello, and welcome to the Embassy City Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much, Pastor Tim and Janice. It's such a great honor to be back here. I appreciate you guys so much. appreciate our friendship. And uh, thank you for trusting me to come back to the church and share the word of God. It's my honor, really. Hello, Embassy City. Hey, it's my third time with you. So now I'm not going there anymore. I'm coming home. Okay, great to be here. Let me tell you this. I could worship with you any day of the week. Let's give it up for the worship team. You guys are amazing and leading us into the presence of the Lord. Also great to come back to Texas. The state of amazing people and amazing food. Mm, mm, mm. Let me tell you, for a Swedish person to come to Texas, it's like coming halfway to God's heaven. Let's Let's just put it this way. There's a reason why the world is not flooded by Swedish restaurants. Okay, Pastor Tim took me out on dinner last night at a steakhouse. Mmm! I don't know what's wrong with our cows back home. They don't taste like that. They can produce Ikea meatballs though. No one can take that away from us. (laughs) Sweden says hi by the way. Elsa and Anna are doing just fine. Kingdom of God is expanding and we're just having a, a great, great, great time. And I'm, I, I'm excited this morning because I have a word that's on fire in my heart. And I know that since God brought me here to share it and he brought you here to hear it, you need it. Amen. So let's just open our hearts one more time and pray before we dive into the word of God. Father, we thank you so much for your presence. And we pray that you will give us ears to hear, eyes to see, heart to receive, And as a result, Father, make us a little bit more like Jesus. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay. Hey, I want to start out in tell you a story about the state, something that is found in the state of California. I guess many of you have heard about this area called Death Valley. Uh, Now, Death Valley is one of the most uh, tough areas of the world. It's way too hot for anything to live there. It's way too dry for anything to grow there. You look at it and it looks like complete death, complete hopelessness. Still, on some rare occasions due to very special and unique weather conditions, sometimes rain clouds actually come in over Death Valley and rain is pouring down on this hot and dry sand. And when that happens, this happens. This desert, like uh, looking like, you know, just complete hopeless case of dryness and heat turns into a colorful, beautiful garden. And people from all over the world come to study this amazing miracle, how a seemingly hopeless area could completely turn into something so beautiful and so much alive. And if we ask ourselves, how can this happen? How can this desert land be turned into this beautiful, colorful garden? Well, the answer, my friend, is because there were seeds in the ground. There are seeds in the ground. Now, when you look at the desert, you don't see the seeds because they're not activated yet. You see the dry sand, but you don't see the seeds. But when the rain comes, when the rain comes... 
everything, everything is made new. These seeds come alive and they turn the barren area of Death Valley into a beautiful, colorful garden. Now, how in the world does this relate to you and me? Let me tell you why. I'm here to tell you why. <laughs> because God has planted seeds in your heart. God has planted seeds in your heart. Ephesians chapter 1 says that he called you and he chose you before the foundation of the world. Not even as you were created in your mother's womb, but before the dawn of creation. Before he said, let there be light. He called you and he chose you. And he needed you together in his heart. You were his dream and inside of his heart he formed dreams and plans and seeds for every single season of your life. There are seeds, secret seeds in your heart that says 2024. There are secret dreams in your heart that says 2025. There are dreams and seeds for every upcoming season in your life. Now some of them you might look at and said, if there are seeds here, they're planted deep inside a death valley. Maybe you're experiencing a death valley situation in some area of your life. Maybe your relationships is a death valley situation. Maybe your finances is a death valley situation. Maybe your marriage feels like a death valley situation. Maybe your mental health feels like a death valley situation. Let me tell you, God brought me here from Sweden to tell you the rain is on its way. The rain is coming your way. And with the seeds that God has planted inside your heart, something will come alive that will turn your present day death valley into tomorrow's beautiful, colorful garden. Can we make some noise for Jesus in the church and I love the fact that throughout the Bible God is always using people with death valley areas in their lives he's never using the perfect colorful gardens he's using the people with desert areas you know he's using people who cannot make it on their own he calls Jeremiah to become a prophet and Jeremiah responds I can't do this I am too young he asks a young girl called Mary to be the mother of his son Jesus. And she says, how can this be? I have not been with a man. He asks Moses to be the spokesperson of God toward Pharaoh. And Moses says, I cannot speak. There's a death valley situation here. But you see, God knows what seed he's planted inside your death valley area. And when the rain comes, he's going to make all things new. And even what seemed impossible and dead in your life can be resurrected and be made new in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I want, just, I want us to read about one of those people in the Bible who really had a Death Valley situation in his life. His name was Abram. And the Death Valley area of his life was his infertility really. His inability to, to have sons and daughters, to have children. And in Genesis chapter 17, verse 4, God comes to this man with a death valley area in his life. And he says something remarkable. He says, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. Can we all say, you will be the father. No longer will you be called Abraham, your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. Can we say, I have made you a father? I have made you a father. 
Look at what God is saying. You will be a father, for I have made you a father. You will become what I've already made you. You will be who you already are in my eyes. In my eyes, from my perspective, says the Lord, it's finished. You don't have to produce anything. You don't have to become anything. You just have to grow into who you already are. Why? Because God knew that he had planted the seed of being a father inside Abraham. The seed was already there and now the rain was coming. It was time for that seed to come alive. For that season to start and for Abraham to step into who he already was from God's perspective. See, God doesn't relate to you according to your present day situation. Ooh, I hear good stuff coming out of this mouth. Um, he deals with you according to the seeds he's planted in your heart. That's why in Judges chapter 6, he comes to a teenage boy called Gideon, whose only asset was that he was scared to death. He was hiding away from the Midianite enemies. And God comes to him and he shows up and he says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now Gideon was anything but a mighty warrior at that moment. So what is God doing here? Is God lying? No. He's not a man that he could lie. Is God just giving him a pep talk? No, because God is not a shallow God. What is God doing? He's addressing Gideon according to the seed that he is planted in Gideon's heart and inside that teenage boy's heart there's a seed of a mighty warrior. And God simply says, you are becoming who you already are. You are going to be who I've already made you. And that's true for you as well. Amen. God speaks to you and relates to you according to the seeds that is already placed inside your heart. And I feel in my heart, there are people here and the rain is coming right your way. It's time for a new season. It's time for that Death Valley area, though it might have been around for years or even decades, to be turned into a beautiful, colorful garden. Amen. And I love this. I love how God always chooses the weak things of the world to put to shame the strong. I love how he constantly chooses the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. Amen. So that no man will glory in his presence. And here's what I want to introduce to you, my favorite church member from back home. And I know that as a pastor, I'm not allowed to have favorite church members. I, I know Pastor, pastor Tim and Janice would never, ever even consider having a favorite church members. Oh, dear Lord, of course not. But I do. <laughs> and my favorite church member is called Jonathan. Now, Jonathan is a wonderful young man in our church. He's got Down syndrome. And he loves Jesus with all his heart. Now just to give you context. In my nation, which is one of the most secularized nations in the world. Every time a woman uh, gets pregnant, she has, she's doing a, a, what is called a cub test. K-U-B. Which is there to determine if the child that she's expecting has Down syndrome. Now if that is the case, 95% of those kids will be aborted. 95%. 
What a horrible statement to the community of, of, of people with Down syndrome. Really saying, our nation really telling them to their face, you shouldn't even be here. You're not worthy to be alive. You're not, you're not good enough to be existing in our community. So as a church, we want to form a counterculture to that. So we're currently running 11 Christian schools in our city. Two of them, the Emmanuel schools, are only for kids with Down syndrome and kids with special needs. Because we want to, we want to speak against the culture of death. And also claim that in God's kingdom, diversity is not a problem but an asset. Amen. Differences not just reflects the greatness of God. And let me tell you this, Jonathan loves Jesus with all his heart. And he gives the best hugs at Word of Life. Because when I, when I close the service on a Sunday, I will come down from stage. Jonathan will come running at me with his teddy bear in his hand. And he will hug me and he won't let go. I love Jonathan so much. A few years ago, though, when he was downtown in our city center, he was 11 years old at the time. And he was there with his teacher, and Jonathan was doing what we call city training. It's where we take these kids down and help them to maneuver in a city environment, like how to cross the street, how to obey traffic laws, and, and make a purchase in a store, and things like that. So Jonathan was downtown, aged 11, with his teacher doing city training. All of a sudden, in the middle of the open square that is our, our city center, Jonathan stops, and he starts to sing. At the top of his voice. And I don't know about you guys. Maybe over here in Dallas. You stop and sing at the top of your voice. Every single time. You cross the street or something. But in Sweden not so much. Okay. And Jonathan sings a song. That the teachers never heard him sing before. It's a weird song. Jonathan sings. There is a tree in my garden. That is a hundred years old. And teacher goes Okay. Well, sing your heart out, Jonathan. It's is okay. A few seconds passes and a woman comes up to the teacher. Tears running down her face. Pointing to Jonathan saying, why is that boy singing that song? Teacher says, I have no idea. And then she tells her story. Turns out this woman has been suffering from long time depression for months. And she's given up all the reasons to stay alive. And she made up her mind early that morning that this very day she was going to finish her own life. She was going to commit suicide. But that same morning, all alone in her apartment, she prayed her very first prayer to God. And she said, God, if you're out there, and if there is a reason for me to go on living, would you give me a proof of your existence? Would you have someone around me today sing my favorite song from when I was a child? A song about the tree that was a hundred years old. <laughs> and a few hours later, she crosses the main square of our city and she passes by 11-year-old Jonathan with Down syndrome. And 11-year-old Jonathan with Down syndrome hears the voice of the Holy Spirit. And he starts to sing the song that needed to be sung at that very moment. And that woman got the sign she was asking for. And she gave her heart to Jesus right there in the square. And her life took a brand new turn. Can we just rejoice and praise God? He's awesome. He's amazing. 
And and next day the teacher brought Jonathan to me and shared the full story and and I was just tearing up and and teacher said Jonathan sing the song to pastor sing the song and Jonathan said what song <laughs> He's never been able to sing the song since He didn't know the song before. He didn't know it after. But at that moment when that song needed to be sung, he heard the voice of the Spirit and he sang it. Why? Because inside Jonathan's heart, there are seeds of an evangelist, seeds of a soul winner. And when God looks at him, he doesn't look at his exterior, but at the seeds planted inside his heart. And man, oh, I'm thinking to myself, what would God have had to do to get me to sing that song? He'll have to wrestle me to the ground. Gabriel and Michael would have been needed. Put their feet on top of my back and sing, yo, Kim, sing. I don't want to sing. I don't want to make a fool out of myself. You know, sometimes God is going to use the most unlikely people for the greatest tasks. Because in the long run, it's not about us and our perfection and our talents and our gifts. It's about the supernatural seeds that God has chosen to place inside our broken hearts. And the reign of the Holy Spirit that makes them come alive. Can we say amen in church? Praise God. So... So if God is the one who places the seeds, the dreams in our hearts, and God is also the one who provides the rain of the Holy Spirit that quickens these seeds in due time, then what is our part to play? What is our obligation? Well, let me tell you, church, it's all about our hearts. It's all about taking care of our hearts because the seeds will grow inside your inner man, inside your heart. And this is why the word heart is the second most used word in the Bible. Second only to the name of the Lord himself is the word for human heart. That says a lot about how important our hearts are to him. Amen. And I just want to tell you about two states of heart that we need to guard and maintain uh, throughout our lives to be able to make sure that this growth process is happening according to the timeline of God. And the first attitude of our hearts that we need to protect and work on constantly is we need to maintain a humble heart. We need to maintain a humble heart. I'm fascinated by every time there is a list in the Bible of things that God hates, pride is right there, number one. And you would look at the list and say, pride, really? Out of all the horrible stuff we're capable of? Is pride really the worst thing we can? Shouldn't pride be like seven or eight or something? No, pride is number one. Why? Because pride will keep the seeds in your heart from growing. Pride will take away the growth process from the dreams that God has planted inside your heart. Because pride will tell you, I don't really need the rain. I'm sure I can grow this garden by my own strength. And you can't. As long as there's pride found in our hearts, the seeds will not grow. And your death valley will stay death valley. Amen. And uh, that's why God works full time 
to make sure that we stay humble in our hearts. And he's got, he's got his ways of, of humiliating us, really, of, of humbling us. And let me just mention three ways that he uses really fast, okay? Number one, he keeps us humble through his word. He uses his word to humble us. I don't know if I'm the only one in the church this morning who sometimes has the experience that I open up the Bible and I expect the hands of the Lord to reach out and hug me and pat me on the back. And instead the hand of the Lord reaches out to slap me in the face. (laughs) You read a word and that word pierced your pride. That word pierced the area that you want to keep away from God. That area pierced the secret sin that you try to hide from the face of God. And you now have a choice to either harden your heart and remain prideful or repent and stay in a humble state where your heart needs to be. Secondly, God uses his Holy Spirit to humble us. Sometimes uh, Christians come up to me and said, Pastor, I've, I've never heard the voice of the Spirit. I wish I could hear the voice of God. I've never done that. And normally I would respond by saying, well, have you ever done something that you shouldn't have done or said something that you shouldn't have said and then felt bad afterwards? <laughs> and they say, yes, there you go. That's the Holy Spirit inside your heart judging what you just did or said to keep your heart humble. Amen. So God uses his word and his spirit to humble us. But the way that he uses that we dislike the most is when he uses other people. You hear me? When he uses other people, (laughs) he will send someone into our lives to put their fingers straight on that area that we try to cover up and knowingly or unknowingly just point their finger at that weak spot. Oh man, that's tough for us because we have so, such an easy time going, going like defense. Who are you to blah, 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 you know? Rather than opening our hearts and, and loving God's presence more than our pride, basically. And uh, let me tell you about one time where that happened to me, okay? Because there's nothing better than hearing a preacher confessing his sins publicly. And just to give you context, uh, one of the projects that we do in, at Word of Life in Sweden is, is called the Euro Tour. So every two years, every other year, we produce a big, like, 45-minute evangelistic production. We use music, theater, spoken word, multimedia, dance, and, and we create, like, this very youthful, high-energy presentation of the gospel that is performed by about 150 of our young people. And every other summer, we take this on the road in Europe, and we work together with local churches in city, uh, in capitals of European nations. So we've been doing this outdoor concert in London and Rome and uh, Vienna, Bratislava, Berlin, Copenhagen, Paris, all over the place, basically. So this specific year, we were planning for the Euro Tour uh, tour program, really, and we almost finished it Uh, and then one day there was a knock on my door and let me tell you this I've been working with young people so long now that I can tell by the knock on the door if there's a young person on the other side okay because because old people like me we would knock like this very distinguished but if I hear this there's a teenager on the other side of that door 
Sure enough, in comes a 14-year-old girl from our youth ministry, and she's fired up. She says, Pastor Joachim, I got this amazing idea. This coming Euro tour, why don't we do a big fat Jesus concert at Disneyland Paris? And, and I smile politely at her, like this kind of smile. Because my mind honestly was going, oh, little girl. Little ignorant girl. Because <laughs> our, our presentation, our concert is like Jesus in your face. It's, it's straight on the gospel. And I would think, of course, Disneyland would never allow anything like the Eurotour concert in their park. There's no way. Of course, I didn't want to tell her to her face. So I said, well, that's interesting. <laughs> now leave. <laughs> and she laughed and said, thanks, Pastor, for hearing me out. And I'm honest with you. As she closed the door, her idea was already halfway down my mental waste paper basket. And I was just about to keep doing what I did before when the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, Joachim, when did you become so proud <laughs> to not even consider if an idea is from me just because the messenger is 14 years old? And I repented quickly. And I said, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I reached down in my mental waste paper basket. I looked at the idea. I said, what do I do with this? How do I even approach this idea? This is crazy. It can't be done. And the only thing I could think of that I could actually do is to call Disneyland Paris and ask for permission. And I so did not want to call Disneyland Paris because I didn't want to make a fool out of myself. I didn't want to sound like a crazy person. But you see, that's the definition of pride. Where you elevate your, your concern for your appearance above your obedience to whatever the Spirit of God asks you to do. That's the definition of pride. So I pushed it down, called Disneyland Paris, and said, hello. <laughs> I'm a pastor from Sweden. <laughs> And basically asked them, can we come to your amusement park and do a full-on Jesus concert for 45 minutes? And they started, you know, pulling, sending me to the next person. Oh, you need to speak with that person. You need to speak with that person. Eventually, I ended up with a person that was lowest in the food chain who didn't have anyone else to pass me on to. And she said, we've never had such a request before. And I said, I'm happy to be the first. But, uh, and so... so We've never done anything Christian at Disneyland, you have to understand. But you know what? Send us your promo videos and we'll call you back. And she really wanted to end the call fast. So that we'll call you back. I could hear her really saying, we're never going to call you back, you idiot. <laughs> so we did the only thing we could do. We sent the promo videos and then we just put it in the hands of the Lord. A week later, they called me back. And she said, you know what? We've never done anything like this at Disneyland parks anywhere in the world. But this is good stuff. <laughs> this, is, this is good material. So we called a board meeting. And, <laughs> and she said, we decided to give you a chance. 
We're going to give you a 15-minute slot on the smallest stage of Disneyland, the Winnie the Pooh stage. <laughs> and they just said this, are you okay with Winnie the Pooh from a Christian perspective? <laughs> and I told, oh, oh, praise God, hallelujah, yes, we love Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Christians love Winnie the Pooh, praise God, hallelujah. <laughs> to us, Jesus is here and Winnie the Pooh is right here, right here. So we came to Disneyland and we did a 15-minute Jesus concert on the Winnie the Pooh stage. And you know what? They loved it. And they said, next time you're on the road, we're going to give you a 30-minute slot on the Buzz Lightyear stage. <laughs> so we came back next tour and we did a 30-minute Jesus concert on the Buzz Lightyear stage. And they loved it. And they said, next time you come, we want to give you the full 45 minutes on the central stage. So we came back and we did a full concert on main stage, Disneyland, <laughs> preaching the gospel of Jesus. And when I looked out over the park and saw our young people go crazy for Jesus on the stage, preaching the gospel to thousands of people with Mickey Mouse ears on them. I said, thank God for a 14-year-old girl that God used to humble my heart and stomp on some pride so that this seed of a miracle could grow into its full potential. Now Disneyland Paris has given us an open standing invitation. We can come anytime we want. And preach Jesus. Praise God. However way God uses to make you humble, hear him when he points at your heart and maintain a humble heart. Amen. Amen. Second area that we need to guard as far as our hearts are concerned is we need to maintain an open heart. An open heart for the seeds of God to grow into its full potential. And... Uh, this is so important because sometimes the dreams that God has for you are slightly bigger than the present state of your heart. So that means either the dream needs to shrink or the heart needs to expand. <laughs> Maybe you're here and you've been through stuff. You've been through hardships. You've been through disappointments. You've been through tough times and you've seen, uh, you know, you've been through tough processes. And in the process of that, maybe your heart has shrunk down a little bit. And maybe you're not expecting so much from God in the future that you did yesterday. Let me just tell you that the rain is coming your way. And when the rain comes, your heart can start to grow and expand to fathom the dreams and the seeds that God is ready to quicken inside your heart. I love what it says in Isaiah 55. Verse 8, God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, if we just read that verse, we might think that this is simply a statement saying that, okay, God is up here, and we are down here, and that's just the way it is. But it's actually more to it than this. Because if you read verse 7, it says... Let the wicked forsake his way 
and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord. So this is not just a statement saying God's thoughts are up here and your thoughts are down here. This is an invitation. Come up. Think bigger. Allow your heart to expand. Because brothers and sisters, the growth potential of a plant is not only found in the potential of the seed, but also in the size of the flower pots. Because you can take an acorn with the potential to grow into a mighty oak tree, and you can plant that acorn in a small flower pot, and something will come up, and I'm sure it's going to be beautiful, a beautiful little plant for your kitchen table. But it's going to be nowhere near the full potential that God placed inside that seed. And you know what? I don't want you to experience any less than the fullness of all the dreams and all the seeds that God has planted in your life. And in order for us to do that, we need to maintain open hearts. Simply saying yes even to the impossible plans, seemingly impossible plans of the Lord. And let me just finish before I pray for you by, can I, can I share one more story? Is that okay? Please say yes. Because yes. I'm going to do it anyway, so you might as well. <laughs> okay, a few years ago, I took my core team in church out on a cruise, uh, on a cruise ship in the Baltic Sea. That's, that's an, like a small sea in, in Scandinavia. Now, people from Texas, you need to understand that a cruise in the Baltic Sea is very different from a cruise in the Caribbean. Okay, the Baltic Sea is cold. You don't go there for pleasure and sun and swim and all that. You, basically, you go for one of two reasons. Either to buy a whole lot of tax-free liquor and get really drunk, or to use the great conference facilities on board. So we went for reason number two, just to clarify. <laughs> Reason number two, okay? So we brought the team on board. We did this cruise. We had a great time of prayer, fellowship. We were strategizing for the upcoming year and everything. And we just had a great, great, great time. And then we had a coffee break. And I'll never forget this. I just took my cup of coffee and went over to the coffee machine. As I put the coffee in the machine, uh, the coffee cup in the machine, I had a thought. It just came from out of nowhere. Could we rent this cruise ship? Could we fill it with thousands of on-fire teenagers? Could we make a youth conference at sea? And then another voice came from the other angle and said, of course not. Of course not. It's going to be way too expensive and this is a secularized nation and no one has ever done that before. Of course, this is impossible. But then that other voice came back. This time it was whispering and it said, remember Disneyland. And I remember Disneyland and I made a phone call to the company. I'm getting good at phone calls now. I said, hey guys, um, uh, I'm a pastor from from Sweden and can we just rent uh, like one of your cruise ships for a youth conference they said we haven't had that question asked ever I'm happy to be the first and long story short they gave us a financial offer with way too many zeros at the end of it 
Let's just put it that way. There was an incredible, insane amount of money that they requested. And I didn't have those money. And even if I had them, it would be immoral to pay those money to a cruise liner company. So it seemed like the idea was impossible. But with the team, we just kept praying. And we kept confessing the word that our God is a God who can make the impossible possible. And we just felt how the spirit started to expanding our hearts. We started to plan this project without seeing one single possibility in the natural to actually go through with it. But we just felt the hearts were stretching out by the presence of God. And at the same time, while we were praying, little did we know that the CEO of this company has started to have problems with his conscience. Because secretly, he's not a Christian, this guy, at all. But secretly, he's, he's having conversations with his teenage daughters. And they started to ask him, how can we have all these money, dad? How can we have all these cars and all these houses? And for the first time, he had to explain as a father that I've made my fortune from pouring liquor into people's lives. And he didn't like it. So then he heard that this church wants to do a non-alcoholic cruise full of thousands of teenagers and he called the board together and he said you know what we have to do this for the sake of our own hearts and all of a sudden out of nowhere a new financial offer come and they cut the price by 80 percent so we rented the biggest cruise ship in scandinavia and we filled it with thousands of Jesus-loving, on-fire Christian young people. And it became a prophetic proclamation that Jesus Christ is alive and well in the young generation of Sweden. He's alive and well in the most secularized nation in the world. He's alive and well in the teenage generation. Secular national media reported about this. And my favorite headline said, maybe God is not dead after all. <laughs> you know, sometimes the dream can seem too big. But please don't limit the dream, but expand your heart. Open up your heart. Dare to believe again. Even if you fail 10 times in the same area, dare to believe that this time God's promises will, will, uh, will, will work. And this time you're going to see the breakthrough that you know is there inside your heart. And I just want to pray God's blessing upon you. If you know that you need the reign of the Holy Spirit to open your heart, expand your heart, and if you're just feel inside of you that I need to see these dreams come alive in my life, in my marriage, in my family, in my future. I want to pray for you. Would you stand to your feet, please, in the presence of the Lord? I just allow the Spirit of God to start to minister to you. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you so much that even before the foundation of the world, you formed us, you called us, you chose us, and you planted all these seeds inside of our hearts. And even in the areas where we now see a Death Valley desert, when we see no progress, when we see no breakthrough, there are seeds in the ground. And Father, we acknowledge today that the rain is coming our way. And when the rain of the Holy Spirit falls, there's nothing that can stand against all the promises that you placed inside of us to come alive and, and come into fulfillment. And Father, when we have allowed pride in our hearts, forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. We repent 
every time we assume that we didn't need the rain, that we could do it in our own strength, forgive us, Lord, because it's not by might and nor by power, but by your Holy Spirit and only by the Holy Spirit. And Father, I also pray that you will rain down on your people and especially anyone who might some help with expanding her heart or his heart. Father, I pray that that rain will soften up whatever the devil has tried to make hard and stiff and that our hearts will open up so that we will never ever plant a seed of a massive miracle in a small tiny flower pot. But we will give every single one of your dreams and plans for our future massive space so they can grow into their full potential. Father, I pray for every single marriage, every single family, every single relationships, wherever there is a death valley, reign, Holy Spirit. Reign, God. Reign, God. Father, I pray for this church. I pray for Embassy City Church and all the seeds you have planted inside the heart of this church. The, the seeds that says 2024 and 2025 and 2026. Father, we open our hearts even for the crazy ideas, even for that which goes way beyond our, our, our control and our abilities. Father, whatever you want to do, do it. Not for the glory of our name, but for the glory of the name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord. Would you lift up your hand where you stand right now and just allow the Spirit to touch you. If you can identify a Death Valley area in your life, just allow Him access. Just in your heart, just say, rain on this area, Lord. Reign on this area of weakness. Reign on this area of, of pride. Reign on this area that's been smaller than it should be. Reign, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. That is not by might nor by power, but by your Holy Spirit. Reign on your people, Lord. Reign on all the seeds and all the dreams that you've placed inside of us some for the sake of ourselves, some for the sake of other people around us. Reign on every one of your promises, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all the people said, Amen. and all the people said, Amen. let's give some joyful noise to the Lord. Thank you so much, Embassy City. I love you. Thanks for listening today. If this message spoke to you in any way, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. We would like to connect with you. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit embassycity.com. You can watch live on Sundays and view past messages on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Church. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Embassy Irving. If you'd like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at embassycity.com or text embassycity, all one word, to 77977. We pray you have a great week. Thanks for listening today.